turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We are in a series called Face to Face. Can you imagine seeing the face of you, your face meeting Jesus? And and I just want you to know, one day we will all see Jesus face to face. You need to know that. Today, I want to talk to you about the 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17. I remember growing up as a boy Some of you don't remember this, but we used to go to Sunday school before church every week. You went to an hour Sunday school, and then you went to church. We've kind of replaced the Sunday school with life groups, just so you know. But I remember as a young boy uh, going to Sunday school class, learning all the Bible stories, and I remember the lesson of the story of the ten lepers. And for the longest time as a little boy, I thought the teacher was saying leopards. I thought the story was about Jesus and 10 leopards. So I pictured Jesus working with all these big jungle cats for the longest time. It's funny how a child's mind works, but there's nothing funny at all about leprosy. In biblical times, leprosy was a terrible problem. It's what we believe today is called Hansen's disease. It usually started with a white patch on the skin that became numb so much that the victim cannot feel a needle if it had pierced that spot. The patch begins to spread all over the body and often manifest itself on the face. Therefore, it was impossible to hide the disease. It then begins to form spongy tumors on the face and at the same time attacks the internal organs The nerve endings become numb so the victim cannot tell when something is hurting them, like you couldn't feel if if fire was burning your hand or not. Lepers were called the walking dead, and they were kicked out of their homes and out of their villages and forced to live in colonies in isolation with other lepers. Biblically, leprosy has always had symbolic ties to sin. In other words, sin is like leprosy. It's easy to contract. It quickly spreads. And there was no known cure. Isaiah said of God's people, the nation of Israel, in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4, he said, oh, sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers, children given over to corruption, 
They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel, and they have turned their backs on Him. Verse 6 says, from, and this sounds like leprosy, from the sole of their foot to the very tops of their head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. Those words were written over 2,700 years ago, but God could have said those exact same things about our culture today. When you look at all the chaos and the immorality in our streets today, and on top of that, you place the pandemic, people just like those 10 lepers need to be healed physically, and we need to be healed spiritually. I want to read through this story in Luke chapter 17. I want to tell you some things about acquiring, how to acquire healing, peace, joy, and blessing. And I just want to have a raise of hand. How many of you need some healing today? How many of you need some peace? How many of you need some joy? How many of you need some blessing in your life today? Well, you've come to the right place and we've come to the right text. Luke chapter 17. We begin with verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So as he's traveling, He's going to see Jews, and he's going to see Samaritans. And the Bible says in verse 12, as he was going into a certain village, there were 10 men. How many men? There were 10 men who had leprosy, and they met him, and they stood at a, they stood at a distance. This is the first social distancing. Right here it is. You're looking at it. They stood at a distance because they couldn't get near him because of their leprosy. And the Bible says that they cried out. The Bible says they cried out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now I want to give you the first point in acquiring healing, peace, joy, and blessing. Write this down, number one. First of all, you have to admit your need. And you have to cry out to Jesus. In Samaria and Galilee, they didn't have newspapers back in those days. There was no such thing as MSNBC. There was no Fox News. There was no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. Uh, They didn't have newspapers. So how'd the word get out? Well, the grapevine via word of mouth. And somewhere, somehow, the news got out in that little area between Samaria and Galilee that Jesus was in the neighborhood and the 10 desperate lepers sought Jesus out. Now, we don't know a lot about these 10 men, but one thing we know for sure is they knew who to turn to. And they turned, of course, to Jesus. I want you to know and I want you to listen. No matter what you're going through today in your life, You need to know that Jesus is in the neighborhood. If you're hurting, if you're fearful, if you're in need of healing, you need to know that Jesus is in the neighborhood. If you're lost, if you're confused, if you're worried, if you're fearful, if you feel like you're alone, if you're trapped in sin, 
If you're empty, if you're discouraged, you need to know that Jesus is in the neighborhood here in Porter Ranch. He's here right now. I'm always perplexed. I can't figure it out how some folks' lives are so messed up, they're so jacked up, that they run to everything in this world except to the one person who can truly bring them peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll run to the alcohol. They'll run to Las Vegas. They'll run to the drugs. They'll run to the next hookup. They'll run to pornography. They'll run to astrology. They'll run to the next relationship, the next addiction. And right now, all day long, 118 freeway, cars are driving by, hundreds of thousands of cars. Right now, while you're here, out in front of the church, there's people cycling, there's people walking, there's people driving, and they're looking for something in life that will help them with their struggles, and they're all struggling. And they're going right past the place where if they would just stop and come in here, their entire life would be transformed by the power of God. Years ago at a volunteer banquet, I ran into this lady. I said, how'd you get saved? She said, pastor, you won't believe this. I was driving down Rinaldi and my car broke down and I looked up and there was a church. It was your church. My car broke down. Right in front of the church. I didn't even know church was here. I looked up, there was a church. I came inside. You happened to be having services. I listened to the sermon. She said, I got saved, and today I'm, all, I'm one of the volunteers at the church. And ever since she's told me that, I've been praying that God would break down all the cars right here in front of the church so they could come in here and meet Jesus because Jesus is in the neighborhood. These 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17, they knew that their situation, their physical condition was hopeless. No doctor could heal them. No priest could cleanse them. No pastor could comfort them. No medicine could restore them. Only God could cure them of their leprosy. So when they saw Jesus, they cried out in a loud voice, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us because they knew that Jesus and Jesus alone could cure them of their disease. And the good news is, are you ready for the good news? God healed all 10 of those boys. All 10 of them got saved, which leads me to my second point. Write this down. You need to get this. Faith leads a person to obedience. And obedience is what leads to the blessings of God. Some of you just want God's blessings. You have no faith. You don't even want to. Some of you want God's blessings and you don't even obey God. But it all starts with faith. You have to have faith. Because if you have faith, you'll do whatever it is that God asks you to do. And when you put faith, which leads a person to being obedient, that's when, oh, listen, that's when the blessings fall. I want you to look at verse 14. It's probably the key verse in that whole text. And it simply says that when Jesus saw the 10 of them, did he heal them immediately? Does it say that he healed them right there? No. He could have. So these 10 guys, they come over to Jesus Jesus, Master, have pity on us. He looks at him. He's going to give them a little test. He's going to see if they'll do what he asked them to do. 
So he says, fellas, here's what I want you to do. I'm not going to heal you, but I want you to go show yourselves to the priest. What? I want you to go show yourselves to the priest. Well, aren't you going to heal us? Well, I don't know. I just want you to go show yourselves to the priest. Why would we do that? Well, the reason you have to go show yourself to the priest was the priest was the only one who could say that you no longer had leprosy so you could go back and see your family and go back with your community. The, the priest had to sign off on that. So they come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus looks at them and says, go show yourselves to the priest. And the next line is the most important line in this whole text. It says, as they went, and you ought to circle that if you have your own Bible, because that's faith. As they went, the Bible says they were what? They were cleansed. You see, their faith led them to Jesus. Their faith led them to cry out to Jesus. Their faith led them to listen to Jesus. And their faith turned them around. And their faith led them to the priest. And it was their faith that led them to their obedience. And it was their obedience that eventually brought the blessing of God into their life. And real faith, true faith, get this in your heart, is when you obey, not knowing how it's all going to turn out. Noah, when he built that ark, you remember Noah? God asked him to build an ark. It had never even rained up to that day if you study history. God had just watered the whole earth by a mist. He's out in the middle of nowhere and God says, build this big ark. Noah didn't know how that was gonna, whole thing was going to turn out. Abraham, when God asked him to offer his son Isaac, Abraham didn't know how all that was going to turn out. When, when Peter was told by the Lord to come and he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water, Peter didn't know how that was all going to turn out. And these 10 lepers, when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, they didn't know how that was going to turn out. But they had faith. And you and I need to have faith to do the things that God is calling you to do. So is there anything, can you think of anything in your life that God's telling you to turn away from? Anything? Maybe a friend that just keeps dragging you down? Maybe God's trying to lead you and turn you away from being fearful all the time? Maybe God's trying to turn you away from some sin, some addiction? Is there anything that God's leading you to turn away from? And is there anything that God is leading you towards? He asked these guys to go show themselves the priest. Maybe God is asking you to spend more time in his word. Maybe God is asking you to spend more time in prayer. Maybe God is leading you to start witnessing to your neighbor. Is there anything, can you think of anything right now that the Lord is leading you towards? And all I'm saying is as you, as you follow your faith, faith leads you to obedience. And that's when the blessings of God fall many, many, many times. Now back to our story. Let's go back to our story. Look at verse 14. Look at this again. Verse 14. When he saw them, he did not heal them immediately. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Can someone say amen? amen? So all 10 get cleansed. Now here's the story in verse 15. One of them. Not two not three, not four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. Just 
one. When he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a quiet voice or a loud voice. I want to ask you a question. If you had leprosy and you were completely cleansed, would you come back and worship God quietly or would you come back doing jumping jacks? Uh, we'd, we'd, be, we'd be raising the roof. We'd be praising God so loud. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yes, I think I'm pretty sure about that. One of them came back praising God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The Bible says that he was a Samaritan. I want you to write this down, number three. Get this in your soul, that the one who's been cured much praises much. Oh, if you have been cured of much, you will praise much. The Bible makes it clear that as believers, being thankful, being grateful should be in our DNA. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to leave this passage on the screen for several minutes. Look at these words. It says to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at that verse. Is there anything on that verse that says that you and I are supposed to be complaining? Is there anything on that verse that says that we're to argue with people or to grumble or to gripe? No complaining, no fault fighting, no criticism. What does it say? Instead, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. You know what you ought to do with your wife, your husband, your roommate? your best friend, do this little exercise. Just, you know, you talk about it and you come up with an agreement. We're going to do this for seven days, one week. You both get a piece of paper. You draw a line down the middle of it. And every time your spouse says something negative, something mean, something argumentative, you put a little check mark. Still. They complain, check mark. Don't tell them how many times you're putting that check mark down. Just listen, check, 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 check. And then every time your spouse says something encouraging, something positive, expresses gratitude, check mark on the other side. Are you with me on this? You both do it. Do it a whole week. At the end of the week, sit down and compare notes. And just see how often... You complain about stuff or how often you actually are in a mood or spirit of thanksgiving. The text says to be joyful always, to pray continually. Now watch this. And to give thanks in what circumstances? All circumstances. You know what that means? That means that when everything is going good in your life, you thank the Lord. But it also means when you go through the difficult times in life, you also thank the Lord. Is that possible? Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing. I heard about a man who actually was from this country, 
He's born and raised here. And when he was seven years of age, his family was forced out of their home. And he had to go to work as a seven-year-old. When he was nine, his mother died. He lost his job as a store clerk when he was 20. He wanted to go to law school, but he didn't have enough uh, undergrad to go, enough undergrad work. At age 23, he went into debt to be a partner in a small store. Three years later, his business partner died. Resulting debt took years to repay. When he was 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him and she turned him down. On the third try, he was elected to Congress at age 37, but then he, was, he failed to be reelected. He had a son who was four years of age and the four-year-old boy died. When this man was 45 years of age, he ran for Senate and lost. At age 47, he ran for the vice president of the United States and he lost. But at age 51, Abraham Lincoln was elected to be the 16th president of the United States of America. Abraham Lincoln was a man who experienced a lot of difficulty in his life. And did you know that it was Abraham Lincoln who in the midst of the Civil War in the year 1863, he established the annual celebration of Thanksgiving? That it was Abraham Lincoln that he had learned the importance of stopping and thanking God even in the midst of great difficulty. We are to thank God in the good times and in the tough times. Can someone say amen? It seems to me, now you tell me if I'm crazy, but it seems to me that we ought to be, as Christians, we ought to be the most grateful, the most appreciative, the the most gracious people on the face of this earth because God has blessed us a thousand times over. He gives you your health. He gives you a heart that beats. He gives you air to breathe. He gives you food to eat. He gives you a church to attend. He gives you a Bible that is truth. He gives you a spirit that is holy. He gives you a forgiveness that is complete. He gives you a savior that is perfect. He gives you a salvation that is eternal. He has blessed you with your family and your friends. You live in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, and your sins are forgiven. We ought to be grateful. Have you, have you ever actually sat down and tried to figure out how many sins that God has forgiven you for? How many prayers that he's answered? How many meals that he's actually provided for you? How many mistakes that God has washed away? How often his blessings have fallen in your life? How many times he's been merciful? Have you ever sat around and just thought about how how much grace that God has poured into your life. Well, we ought to to run to Jesus and fall at Jesus' feet and give praise to God because the one that has been cured much praises much. Can someone give the Lord a clap offering here today? It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley